my book is called The Dirt Cure. And the three things that it covers is being exposed to germs and microbes, eating fresh food from healthy soil, and getting out into nature. And those three things were each something that I wanted to flesh out because I found that it was so powerful. Like we've thought for so long that being clean and not dirty was the best way to live. And it turns out that getting out into nature has such powerful health benefits and getting dirty actually, and being exposed to all those germs and microbes is critically important for our health on many levels. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am so excited that I am bringing on a dear friend and fellow plant-based medicine advocate, Dr. Maya Sheetreet. Now, Dr. Maya is one of the most amazing doctors that I know. She is not only a neurologist, but she has been studying plants around the world as an herbalist. She is a functional doctor at her core. Now, today, Dr. Maya and I are discussing how to tap in to the healing power of nature. And this is such an important topic because nature is where true healing can be realized for each and every one of us. Clearly, as you know, I leverage the power of plant-based medicine through nutrition, herbs, and essential oils. And so does Maya. But she takes it even a step deeper. And that's exactly what I am going to be bringing to you in this interview with Dr. Maya today. Now, before we jump into this open-minded and amazing interview with Dr. Maya, I just want to take a moment and shout you out. You know how much I love to do that here on the podcast. And I just want to say before we go into this, don't mind my voice. I know it's been a little bit husky or what I like to call sexy the last couple of episodes. That is because I have been on the road, finishing up the book tour, running retreats, and speaking in front of large audiences the last couple of weeks. And I'll tell you what, I just have not had an opportunity to recover this voice of mine, but I am officially home today for the first time in so long. I cannot tell you how good it feels to be home, how good it feels to be doing what I love to do best. Not that I didn't love to do those things, but you know, when you're on the road for too many days, it can just wear on you over time. And it definitely wore on my vocal cords. So I promise my voice is going to recover pretty soon, but it was just an incredible experience to get to meet people one-on-one, to get to hear their healing stories, to get to hear their women's, women's hormone stories, and to get to really understand what you're looking for, not only on this podcast, but also in terms of a doctor. And I'm going to be gearing a lot of these next episodes later on this year, specifically giving you what you're looking for based on the so many conversations that I've had the opportunity of having while being on the road most of February and March. So I just wanted to just share that really quickly. Well, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate you. Let's celebrate your wins and your defining health moments. And guess what? There is no better time to celebrate it than here on the podcast on episode 75. Did you know that we're on episode 75? I can't tell you how mind-blowing that is, that you have been listening in, that we are growing with such incredible momentum. You know, since we have launched two episodes per week, we have continued to bring on more amazing health warriors every single day. And I'll tell you what, 
I was celebrating big time earlier this month when we hit a quarter million downloads because I'll tell you, it came a lot earlier than I expected. We are now way out past 250 downloads at this moment, 250,000 downloads. But I wanted to just take a moment and spotlight one particular listener and her name is Sarah G. Now I'm excited to shout out her wins that she just shared on Instagram not too long ago and happened to tag me on it. Now this is gonna probably be one of the best ways to let me know what your wins are is by sharing them on Insta or Facebook and tagging me to it so that I can I can read your experiences, I can read your wins, and then bring it on to the show. So let me share Sarah's win right here with you. Here we go. The Essentially You podcast has instantly become my favorite podcast. After Dr. Maurice's Hormone Summit last year, I knew that she was the key to understanding my hormones. I love that she not only shares her favorite topics, but she interviews the most amazing guests. I absolutely fell in love with Dr. Alan Christensen and Dr. Joan Rosenberg, both incredible episodes that changed my life. I want you to know that I am down 10 pounds and off three medications with the advice that I've received from these shows. Please keep it up because we need this more than ever today. Aw, Sarah, you are a woman after my own heart. Thank you so much for sharing your big win. I am so happy to shout you out today. And I am also holding space for your continued healing miracles because I know you've got many more to come. Now, if you are listening, Sarah, I would also love to gift you my Superwoman blend. So just reach out. You guys know how much I love that Superwoman blend. I'm wearing it right now. I've been wearing it for several weeks over and over and over again throughout the day. And I would love to be able to give that to you. So just reach out to me on my website or clearly you know how to find me on Instagram at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. So that's at Dr. Marisa on Instagram. So fellow podcast listeners, I am speaking to you right now. I would love to shout you out. So you can reach out to me via Insta, via Facebook, or by simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into. That way I can continue to support more women who are ready to become the CEO of their health. Because let me tell you, I am ready for this women's health revolution. Are you ready? I have a feeling that you are. And the way that we create this revolution, the way that we continue to educate women about women's health care is that we get the word out. We get the word out about episodes and podcasts like this one that's dedicated to women. We get the word out about books that are dedicated to women like the PCOS, like Healing PCOS by Amy Medlin or Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton or... The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, right? There's such great books out there that are finally coming to the forefront that really open the door for true healing miracles for so many of us women. Now, speaking of amazing women, speaking of a beautiful mission, let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Maya Sheetreat. But first, I want to sing her praises. Now, Dr. Maya Sheetreat is a neurologist, herbalist, and urban farmer, and the author of The Dirt Cure, which has been translated into 10 languages. She has been featured in the New York Times, The Telegraph, NPR, and Dr. Oz. Dr. Maya is the founder of the Terrain Institute, where she teaches terrain medicine, earth-based programs, and transformational healing. She works and studies with indigenous communities and healers in Ecuador, and she is a lifelong student of plant healing and all things sacred. So let's jump into this gorgeous conversation with Dr. Maya Sheetreat. I cannot wait. 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Maya Sheetreet. Honey, how are you doing today? I'm great and so happy to be here. I am so happy to get to talk to you. Honestly, anytime I get to talk to you and hear your wisdom and your grounding, loving, just presence is one of my favorite things. I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Well, today we are going to be talking about an area of expertise. Honestly, I am, I mean, I, I attune to a lot of this, but this is definitely your, this is where your mojo shines. We're going to be talking about the healing power of nature. And I, before we get into like the, the depth of this conversation and really understanding, you know, right now, as we're recording this, I don't know, it's going to go live much later, but it's fall. It's moving into fall. I think the first day of fall was a couple days ago and everything is shifting nature is shifting and energy is shifting and you are so attuned into this. And I want to know, even as a pediatric neurologist, how did you get into understanding the the power and the healing potential that nature brings to all of us? Well, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of us are are kind of like this when we're kids, right? That we're very connected to being outside in nature. And I think especially those of us who were you know, born, let's say in the seventies, we're like, you know, we were not tethered to our parents by cell phones and such. So we were like, I was out every day for hours by myself. I didn't have any siblings and I'd get on my bike and I'd go be by the Creek or somewhere where I'd be exploring and kind of playing in nature for hours, you know, and then I came home when it started to get dark out. So my life growing up, I was very connected to nature. And um, even though I lived in a suburban area and I felt very also connected, you know, I was very sensitive and I was very connected to like, you know, when I saw trees being cut down, I would feel really sad inside. And I sort of started to feel like a very strong connection to like animals and plants and things like that. But as you get older, you know, no one really has time for that or no one did in my life. And it was sort of like I became, I kind of channeled it into being interested in in, in environmental policy because that seemed like the serious way that I could kind of show that I was interested. And ultimately I ended up going into medicine and did all that, you know, the many, many years of training. And during that time had my three kids as well. And then when I came out the other end of my training, my son, actually my youngest son got sick. And it was really through his healing journey and kind of the detective work I had to do that I kind of came back to my love and connection with nature and kind of applied it and allowed myself to apply it in kind of all its glory to my son, to my family, to myself and, and to my patients. And then, you know, really wrote a book about it and, you know, it kind of grew and grew and grew. Ultimately I ended up kind of as part of that journey, traveling to Ecuador, learning with healers, shamans and studying with plants and have really immersed myself in that world of working with elders and, and indigenous people around the world. Hmm. And I know that definitely inspired you to write the book, The Dirt Cure, which has, oh my gosh, been praised by so many people. And in your discovery around, you know, the healing power of nature, when you were working to heal your son, what were some of the biggest discoveries you kind of were reintroduced to? 
So the dirt cure was really kind of phase one of this. And then, you know, there sort of was even a phase two, but in the dirt cure, it was really, you know, he had at a year of age developed breathing issues that looked really like asthma and kind of came out of nowhere. And it turned out ultimately after 10 months of medication, after medication, after medication, nothing helped, that he was allergic to soy. And so that really was something, you know, first of all, really understanding in a very clear way how when he ate soy, he would go into kind of this asthmatic reaction. And when he didn't eat it, he was completely fine. And he had had a developmental plateau at that time as well. So he was not really um, gaining new words. He was falling a lot more. It was really very scary, you know, and it was quite a while ago. But at that time, I really began to understand the power of, of food on the level of not just affecting us systemically, you know, in our guts or even generally, but even in terms of development and our brain function. And that obviously goes for all ages. I mean, in his case, it was so apparent because he was a developing child. But in my work, I've seen it in so many people in terms of mood and in terms of cognition and memory and just brain fog and all kinds of things like that is what we're eating really makes a difference. Another thing that I really noticed was that we don't really always think a lot about where our food comes from. So we think, well, this is healthy or this is not processed or whatever, but we really don't go into like, well, if I'm eating, let's say dairy or eggs or meat, how was this animal raised? Were they raised outside the way they're intended to be raised? Were they fed the way they were intended to be fed? Did they live a life the way they're intended to live? Those things make a huge difference, obviously, for the animal in terms of, you know, our kind of humanity as people, but also in terms of health. It's tremendously different. So there were some really fascinating things also about connecting with nature and being exposed to germs and microbes. So my book is called The Dirt Cure. And the three things that it covers is being exposed to germs and microbes, eating fresh food from healthy soil, and getting out into nature. And those three things were each something that I wanted to flesh out because I found that it was so powerful. Like we've thought for so long that being clean and not dirty was the best way to live. And it turns out that getting out into nature has such powerful health benefits and getting dirty actually, and being exposed to all those germs and microbes is critically important for our health on many levels. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about those two things. I would love to hear, because you're right, I still feel like inherently we're still being fed this idea that we need to be in the sterile environment. That's one conversation I would love to connect about. And then the other piece, which I know is huge for me, for you and I are exploring a lot of passions that keep us pretty, I wouldn't say necessarily busy, but we're just, we're, we're on the move. We're on the, and one of the ways that I have really been able to get a lot of clarity in my life and to de-stress and to really just feel fueled up is by being in nature. I had no idea that, I mean, I remember just like you were describing as a child, same thing. I, my grandparents, they lived outside of one of the biggest national parks in California. And outside of their house, there were creeks, there was this big meadow, there was a, a frog pond. Oh my God. And I just would go out with my boots and we had this little, we had a dog. I think it was a golden retriever. Honestly, I don't remember. And I would have my little stick and I would just go out into the wilderness. And it was the most amazing, remarkable experience. There was so much magic in those moments of being out in nature and how much we enjoyed it, going camping and hiking. 
And I found like I didn't find nature again for many, many years up until just a couple of years ago. And really what was one of the impetus for going out and being in nature more often, like many times a week, was listening to you, was listening to your listening to interviews you would do or being in the presence of you and realizing the power of plant therapy. And so I'd love for you to touch upon both of those. One, what are some of the biggest benefits of us being out in nature? And given that you are a girl, a woman rather, who lives in New York City, right? You're a girl when I visit you, it is concrete jungle. You know, what does that look like? And then two, you know, what does it look like for us to not live in this sterile environment? And why are there so many benefits to that? So this is two prongs. So I'm sorry about that. This is my curiosity. (laughs) Yeah, but all my favorite topics. Well, and I think that nature and the sanitizing things actually really connected because I do think that, you know, we've definitely become less connected to nature over time. And it's not just about growing up or being busy, but I think for many people, it's just also this idea, whether it's us or kids or grandkids, that kind of nervousness about getting exposed to the germs and the microbes and like, what's going to be out there and, you know, wash your hands. And, you know, there's this idea, like, this is, you know, our obsession with like, you know, hand sanitizers and bleach and, you know, wanting to make sure there's no germs, no germs, no germs. Um, And I think that really has on one level really kept us, all of us, you know, as families indoors far more than we might have done, you know, back in the day when our parents, (laughs) our parents cared less (laughs) on some level, (laughs) right? You know, I've heard lots of jokes about moms from like the 60s and 70s. But anyway, even the 80s, Maya, remember the like, just the little teeny seatbelts we had. I mean, it was it was so different then as it is now. I feel like when we were growing up, people really, we would just really roll is. off for hours on our bikes. Who knew who knew where we were? And as long right, as we no were home, phones. right? No cell phones. Yeah, no way of getting a hold of us. As long as like when the lights went on with the street lights, that's when we knew to go home. That was that was the indicator. Right, and that actually, you know, so I'm a pediatric neurologist, and a big part of you know what I think is about just that's really important for brain development is like having that independent time outside as kids, which I, you know, worry a lot about as I see kids kind of from the 90s on really not having that kind of independence outside in the same way and really not getting to foster in many cases that sense of connection to nature. So like they might be spending a lot more time doing sports, right? You know, on like a turf or something. But anyway, getting to kind of the benefits of, while say, you know, the benefits of nature first, First of all, it's just that sense of awe and beauty and how much we can learn from the natural world. You know, really all science is inspired by what we're observing in the natural world. So it's really kind of the root of all inspiration and epiphany. When we separate ourselves from it or feel like it's something to be afraid of or even something to protect without having that deep personal immersive connection, we're really limiting a relationship that is actually a two-way relationship where we see nature, but we are also seen by nature and kind of witnessed in a totally full and non-judgmental way, which is something that we really don't have very much in this world. So from a scientific perspective, I mean, we can talk about things like awe, the, that actually has been studied, that feeling of awe that we get. 
when we're in places like in the woods or by the beach or, you know, the Grand Canyon, I mean, all these different kinds of places. But in addition to that, there's quite a lot of science that is has investigated what it means for us and what it does to our bodies and brains when we're immersed in nature. So let's say an example of that would be something called Shinrin-yoku or forest bathing. And this is a concept which is uh, Japanese and it's practiced as a very normal part of culture in um, Japan, but also in other Asian countries around where they will just go and immerse themselves in the beauty of the forest. So because it's widely practiced, it's been studied. And people who go into the into nature on a regular basis, and that doesn't mean daily necessarily, but you know, when they do it, it's immersive and just kind of bathe in the beauty of the forest, we see that they have better mood, so they're happier, they're more relaxed, they have better executive function, they have better memory and focus, they actually um, sleep better, they are more creative. In addition to that, there's been physiologic studies. So looking at actual measures in their blood results and what's been found, many things have been found um, like cortisol, stress hormones drop, but also natural killer cells increase, which is actually a good thing. It sounds kind of fierce and it's fierce in a good way where it actually helps kind of the nonspecific immune system. So it fights whatever might be coming your way that you may not want and also boost production of anti-cancer proteins. So actually being in nature helps your body to fight cancer. And so it's like this very profound number of things that really, if you looked, no medication or drug could do all of those things. But nature does that for us, not to mention that sense of joy that many people feel being in the natural world. And actually, there's a study that I just looked at today that um, showed that running in the woods, going, you know, trail running or jogging actually reduces anxiety and depression significantly compared to running in the more um, urban environment, which I do that actually almost every day. Because despite the fact that I live in New York City, I actually am very lucky to live in a very green corner. So not the concrete jungle part. And um, I'm right near a beautiful forest that's right across the street from me along the water. So I have the opportunity to go trail running every day. And I go mushrooming and forage and um, just really get the experience of immersing myself in the forest on a regular basis. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. So profound. You know, and I hope we it inspires people to get out whatever I mean, nature is all around us. And so I'm hoping that inspires. Definitely when we were having conversations a couple of years ago, it was really inspiring to me. And we had made it a major part of our our weekly, you know, just going out and being in nature. You know, when we were living in Oakland, we were we were hiking in the redwoods practically, I wouldn't say four to five times a week. And now that we're near the ocean, we're always hiking. We'll be hiking later on today. So I just want to say thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yes. And I'm so, and I, you know, I knew that you live close. I, you know, when I was visiting you, I was, I was hiking in the Central Park 
Okay, so we talked a little bit about, you know, what it looks like to just be out in nature and what it can do for us as well. And that connection of, of kind of removing this, the sterileness. What I'd love to do is kind of shift the conversation to more of a general question, I think people want to understand a little bit more of. And that is how do plants really heal us effectively? How can we really leverage them in our day to day to create some of those big benefits? Well, first of all, I would just say, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're working with essential oils, I would consider you a plant healer, you know, so you are someone who has developed a powerful relationship with plants because essential oils are very much, I mean, essentially they're one part of an essence of of a plant and you are using them in kind of combinations in beautiful medicinal ways. So, you know, this healing power of plants comes in many forms. And a lot of times, like, you know, people think, oh, well, it's like taking herbs. You know, you have to go and take a pill or take a tincture and alcohol or something with the herbs, like what you would see in like the shelf in Whole Foods. And actually, you know, the medicine of plants comes in so many different ways and they can be, you know, very pleasurable. Like I would say, for example, like, giving flowers to someone is a form of plant medicine because it's this exchange of something beautiful that's like really filling all your senses. And and of course, there's a reason that we give flowers to people at times, at kind of these massive transitional times of life, meaning like as a celebration of some achievement or at a time of grief or as a way of showing someone you love them, right, is is because it changes how we feel. And, and that's medicine. That's medicine for us. So it can be that simple, right, as making a cup of tea for someone, you know, making a cup of chamomile tea, or if you drink your coffee every day, you know, because it's something that's like a real ritual for you and makes you feel good in many ways. I mean, I would, you know, just add the addendum, like, within reason <laughs> um, because it's we're not we can saying have, uh, you can drink 20 cups of of coffee of nature every single day well you know I mean I think that we all know that there are ways to have unhealthy relationships with plants as well that's a whole different conversation but you know but having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee that is a way of experiencing the medicine of plants or using an essential oil right like you know, that fragrance, I mean, you gave me, I think, wild orange essential oil when I saw you last time and I carry it around in my purse and it has been so, first of all, I love citrus, but I mean, it was like, it's, it saved my butt many times. I just open it. I put a little on my hand, rub my hands together. And like, I find that so grounding, you know? So essential oils are just like another way that we really interact in this very, very, deep way with plants. And then of course, there are ways to work by ingesting herbs in a more medicinal way. I mean, teas obviously can be medicinal and have traditionally been forever. But, um, you know, there are a lot of beautifully medicinal plants that we can eat like dandelion or drink like dandelion root, or, you know, that we actually make tinctures or pills from. And I really work with all of those things. And they're such beautiful things to use because our bodies evolved with them. And that's really what makes it different from taking a, a medication or a pill is plants are their own 
complex universe. Each plant has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different compounds in it. You know, and I think about it in a physical, emotional, and spiritual way. So there's ways that the plants, that we connect with the plants emotionally through our senses and through memories. And then there's spiritual ways that, you know, the cultures that that I've studied with and, and even in my own work with plants over my lifetime, there are these kinds of ways that we connect sort of differently than just by how we like the taste or the smell or how they make us feel, but there's that little something more. So you know, we're working together to heal as a relationship in this very complex way. And we've evolved side by side over, over hundreds of thousands of years. So we have this very powerful possibility for relationship and for healing. Mm, I love that. That is so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you mentioned essential oils. You know, I'm, I have my tangerine here, very similar to the wild orange, and it is just the most uplifting and happy essential oil. I just love it. And I've got a diffuser running with oils next to me. And, you know, for me, essential oils, you know, not only do they punctuate so much of our daily life, but they're plant therapy and we're using those plant essences. And so I'm so grateful that you mentioned aromatic chemical constituents, but then, you know, we, that we can consume them as herbs or as teas and we consume them. I think one of the the most important plant medicine is really how we feed ourselves on a day-to-day basis. You know, I, I educate and advocate so much about the healing power of of plants that we should be eating a very plant-focused diet, you know, and they should really range throughout our day, the color of the rainbow. And I know that you advocate a lot of really powerful plant nutrition as well. And so I I think that is, it is so wise to consider there's so many ways that plants serve us. And we have flowers in our house every single week. I have flowers so that when I do videos, people can see them when they are watching my videos and they know that they're a part of that gift that I'm giving just to have flowers in the background. I send flowers to everybody all the time for all kinds of reasons to punctuate those transitions in life. You know, we had a a friend of ours who who works on our team whose mother whose mother just suddenly died. And that was a couple of weeks ago and we sent her flowers pretty much within the same day. And so I'm so grateful that you gave us all of those ways of looking at it because I think we forget that plants really punctuate so much of our healing every single day in our life. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, like a tree that's outside. I mean, I have trees that I feel are my teachers. And, you know, because trees are, trees live longer than we do, (laughs) you know? And so like, sometimes when I want to kind of connect and feel really grounded, I might go outside and sit by a tree or hold a tree or touch a tree or hug a tree. I have been definitely known to be a tree hugger it's a very grounding, powerful experience and just very simple, so simple. And like, I think that a lot of people feel that connection to particular plants that they might grow in their houses or might, you know, if they grow like their daffodils or their roses, they feel so proud of them or a particular tree that they love. So plant medicine, you know, and I really encourage people that time in nature is like a kind of form of plant medicine. It comes in so many forms and it's really all about relationship. Like we can kind of break it down into the science of it. And there's a lot of science, but the beauty is really in the relationship and knowing that it is in some way a two-way relationship, your appreciation and gratitude for the plant and the plant kind of serving in this very beautiful way to us. Mm, I love that. Now, I know that your work has been very grounded in this, and I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what you've been creating recently, which is the Terrain Institute. 
And I just love it. And really, from what I understand, is it's really teaching people about ways that our health depends on the relationship with our natural world, with nature around us. So can you explain, I know you've talked a little bit about this connection, but why was this important for you to get out into the world, especially for practitioners to really integrate this in for their patients? For me, this is um, a big missing piece in how we practice healing in the world. And obviously, you know, that is not just something that doctors or nurses or, you know, healthcare practitioners do. I mean, everyone in some way is kind of practicing healing and certainly like moms and grandmas. And, you know, I mean, even if you're someone who does nails or does hair or, you know, might be like a massage therapist or, or even like people do real estate, like, and meaning we're all kind of practicing healing and medicine in our ways because we're lending a kind of a soothing ear. We're listening to people. And so one of the big things that I feel we need to integrate into the way we think about healing and being healthy is our relationship with the natural world and really understanding first and foremost, how do we show up for that relationship in a good way? Because there's so much gain that we that we can have. In other words, we can be so much healthier and happier and more whole. Like what I've really learned is that there's not really a lot of language around kind of our emotional and spiritual health. And I don't mean spiritual in a specifically a religious way, but just kind of like how we feel energetically. There's just not a lot of language around it in our culture, but actually in almost every other culture there is, non-Western culture. And what I wanted to do was incorporate a lot of those lessons that I've learned and how I've applied them in myself, for my family, and for my patients so that everyone can use them because they're really very accessible and they're very powerful and they're very healing. So the Train Institute and, you know, the classes that I've launched are really all about how can we be in our best physical, emotional, and spiritual health and kind of giving people very accessible tools that they can use either for themselves or their families or their clients, because a lot of people are very sensitive and we think that's a bad word or that's a bad way to kind of be described, but it's actually a gift to be that way. And so many of us have felt, I think, like we needed to shut that down when in fact, you know, now it's needed more than ever because we're in a kind of pivotal time in the world and, you know, kind of the earth needs us and we need the earth and that relationship really needs to be fostered and they're beautiful, healing and joyful ways to do that. Hmm, I love that. Oh, that's so good. Last thing I wanted to just ask you specifically, and because a lot of people don't recognize how nature is definitely connecting with the impact of our overall health. But could you really quickly speak to the impact that nature is having on our gut and our overall health? Because we we are just one big microbiome, right? We have microbiome on our skin. We have microbiome in our gut all over. Talk a little bit about our connection with nature and how that plays in our overall well-being. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so certainly, you know, we've talked about plants, ingesting plants, we've talked about being in the presence of plants. And, you know, the other thing is kind of relating to microbiome is just really, it actually really is about getting dirty in a certain way. So, you know, this way, as I said earlier, about being hygienic and sanitary and all these things that, you know, I mean, sure, it makes sense. You know, we could wash our hands after we go to the bathroom and things like that. And definitely, if you're in surgery, you know, you want to know that you're in a very sanitary environment, but in general, that's actually not how we're built. 
And, you know, there's quite, quite a lot of scientific data now. It comes out more and more every day about our need to be in really the presence of germs. So for example, if you have a pet, you have a more diverse microbiome, meaning like these three to five pounds of microbes that live in and on your body and your gut and your mouth, your ears on your skin that are actually, it turns out very, very critical for everything from digestion to um, immunity to even neurologic function. So there's a whole field now called psychobiotics where the organ, particular organisms have an impact on our mood, anxiety, depression, and drug companies now, believe it or not, are developing certain microbes to become drugs because they are so effective in the way that they influence our mood and even our cravings. So the microbiome is so powerful. It's really like a little universe within us. And of course, we're our own universe and we're in real relationship with them. And that is a part also of the natural world. The more we see that someone has a biodiverse microbiome, meaning lots and lots of different kinds of organisms, the more we see that they actually have a more balanced digestion, more balanced immune system, more balanced brain, balanced mood, balanced sleep. So it really contributes, which means that getting out in your garden or going out into nature or having a pet or even not using bleach, you know, but using a more natural cleaner. And I am, by the way, a fan of using essential oils instead of hand sanitizers because there's a lot of data that shows that they're beneficial. Um, and actually, these are from surgical studies about wound healing because they're very, very good at antibiotic-resistant infections. So I avoid things like bleach unless I'm really in a corner, like it's something that I'm, you know, let's say there's like a big vomiting illness <laughs> going around. I might consider using bleach then, but that would be probably the only time. And even like we've learned that, you know, dishwashers, when children grow up with a dishwasher versus using sponges every day, well, those sponges actually develop some biodiverse bacteria, which we used to think was so gross and bad. Turns out it's actually adding to the biodiversity of our microbiome. And it means that, you know, let's say those kids or we are less likely to develop allergies or autoimmune conditions. So, Basically, you know, it's all about getting dirty and enjoying that, um, which is kind of fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Okay, so one last question for you, my dear. And this is, you know, lends to this conversation today, but just specifically, we want to know what you're doing. You know, what is one one activity, one natural solution or whatever healthy lifestyle habit that you do every single day that really moves the needle for you and your well-being? I mean, that's many things, but I would say um, the most powerful one is really getting out into nature. So that can be, you know, a park. It can be literally, if you're in a city, it can literally be a tree. It could be a house plant. It can be many things. But for me, it's really like going out into the woods almost every day. And on my Instagram, in fact, I post many, many pictures of mushrooms I forage or like you know, birds I see or, or just beautiful views of the forest where I run each day. Mm, I love that. Oh, so beautiful. And then really quickly before we go, I know that you've got something for us that is very special. Can you talk a little bit about your earth healing bundle? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we can really feel centered. And, you know, for those of us who really feel like what's going on around us, and sometimes that can be stressful or difficult, makes us anxious, or feel just overwhelmed. I put together this earth healing bundle, it's got a meditation I've recorded. It has some breathing exercises that I love. It has some grounding methods. It has a something I learned from my teachers about cleaning yourself with plants. And it includes the first chapter of my book, The Dirt Cure, for free. So all of it is is free for the people listening to this. Oh, oh my goodness. I didn't know that there was a chapter in there for the book. Not that people shouldn't go and buy the book because you guys should just go do that. Um, but I am so grateful that you have this beautiful bundle for us. I know so many of us really want to attune ourselves back into nature. And I think that this is the perfect way to get into it. Now, lastly, where do we find you? So where do we find you on Instagram? By the way, I am obsessed with your Instagram account. I love visiting. I love seeing what you're posting. It's so real. It's so authentic. And it just brings me so much joy and a a lot of ideas. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's just Dr. Maya She Treat, M A Y A She Treat, like the two words put together, She Treat. And I do post a lot of stuff there. I'm pretty much there every day and just kind of writing and posting pictures. So, yeah, I would love to see people there. And then I'm on Facebook too, Dr. Maya She Treat, and um, just also my website, drmaya.com. So, there's a ton of resources there, blogs, really, you name it. And, um, you know, some, some cool, different cool products of things I found from all around the world, seeds and stones and other stuff. So, and then of course my courses. So would love to see people in any of those places. Oh, I love that. Perfect. Well, thanks for letting us know where we could find you, honey. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Maya, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I just loved everything that you shared. And what I loved most about it was the simplicity of how we can really attune back into nature and the benefits that we can get. So again, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. How fascinating was that conversation with Dr. Maya? I know that some of the ideas we threw around today were probably a little unconventional, but you know what? Dr. Maya knows her stuff, and she is so dialed into the powerful way of healing the body, and it goes far beyond what most doctors think about. And I don't know about you, but that's the type of doctor I want to spend time with. I want to spend doctors who understand true plant-based healing, who use essential oils on their patients, who use plant-based nutritional therapies on their patients and you even write a book called the dirt cure right understanding the power of leveraging this beautiful earth so if you are looking for the type of healing that dr maya brings to the table i want you to go and check out her amazing earth healing bundle in my show notes now the best way to go and grab that is heading into my show notes for episode 75 or going to my website at drmarisa.com slash podcast and just look up episode 75. You'll see the full on write-up. You'll see the link for the Earth Healing Bundle and you can grab it and get started. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. On this next episode, I am bringing on a sister from another mother, Dr. Isabella Wentz. Isabella is not only a dear friend, but she is also my go-to Hajimoto's expert and doctor. I'm not sure if you know, but I was diagnosed with Hajimoto's about a year ago, 
And I promise I'm planning on doing an entire episode on my epic healing journey very soon, along with protocols and everything. I'm actually starting to write it up right now so we can have it ready for you in the coming months. Now, Dr. Isabella has played a critical role in my healing journey with Hajimoto's. I'll tell you what, I've devoured her books, especially her number one New York Times bestselling book, The Hajimoto's Protocol. And we're taking it a step further in the next episode and talking about food pharmacology and her newest book on how to leverage food to heal Hajimoto's in the episode. Now, if you or someone you know struggles with a sluggish thyroid or you're not really not sure what's going on with your thyroid, then this episode is a must listen. So let's get the word out and change how we heal Hajimoto's for good. I can't wait to see you there. Until then, have an amazing, amazing week. Bye.